SAFK channel 814. We are on Twitter under at SAFM Radio. I also am on Twitter. I am at KG Mwekezi. And uh, whenever you talk to us uh, about the show, please hashtag SAFM Live Happens. Coming up on the show today, we're giving you an update on the National Arts Council and a look at the top trending stories. There was a report into the National Arts Council's mismanagement of the Presidential Economic Stimulus Program, PSP, funding. We will talk about that in a short while. So the Theatre and Dance Alliance has penned a report into this National Arts Council's mismanagement of the Presidential Economic Stimulus Program, PSP, funding. And uh, let's talk more about it with uh, Yvette Hardy, Director of uh, ACITE, which is, uh, 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 which is uh, the na- the national... ACITE stands for what? Yvette, hi. Yvette, are you there? Yes, I am here. Hi, what does ACITE stand for? What does CETA stand for? ACITE. Uh, because the- <laughs> ACITE. Yeah. Uh, ACITE is a French acronym and it stands for the International Association of Theatre for Children and Young People. Oh, you're involved in the PSP task team on behalf of the Theatre and Dance Alliance. Let's uh, I'll also tell you we're going to have Smongilim Goma on the other line, opera singer, who is part of a group of artists and musicians that staged a sit-in at the offices of of the National Arts Council early this year. And uh, let's welcome the both of you. And let's start with you, Yvette. Please talk to me about why it was necessary to even pen this report. Well, you know, obviously this has been uh, a situation which has had an incredibly dire impact on the arts and culture sector as as a whole. And we've been very dissatisfied with the way the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture has dealt with this entire debacle. And one of the issues is that while there is an investigation pending from their side, um, we feel that the uh, terms of that investigation are not nearly broad enough. And essentially the investigation has been given to the current council, who we feel is, uh, you know, culpable to a large degree for, for a lot of uh, what has happened and what has impacted on artists to investigate, in a sense, themselves, although that's not in fact what they're going to be doing. So we felt that as the arts community, it was vital that we came together to um, share whatever information we had, to speak to whatever we had access to, and to um, really bring to light uh, the sequence of events that has happened um, and to try and put as much uh, detail together as possible. So while we don't feel that this is a definitive report, it certainly doesn't go far enough, um, you know, it is an effort to uh, have artists participate in um, the process of investigating what, in fact, has you know, really impacted on our livelihoods in a, in a very severe way. And, and, um, who, and did you, who did you give the report to? Well, the report has been presented, first of all, to the media and to the arts community so that people are able to uh, get a better sense of how everything happened. Mm. But we're also sending it to the portfolio committees and to the Treasury and to all the players in, um, you know, who are mentioned in the report. Um, and obviously we hope that this will be uh, the basis for further investigation. 
um, and that uh, there, there are many angles to the story. So uh, I think there are many uh, areas that can still be researched in more detail. Mm. And we hope that it will really be a, a kind of a spur for further investigation. Mm. And on the other end, we have Smongilam Mgoma, who is an opera and jazz singer, who's part of a group of artists that staged um, uh, a sit-in at the offices of the National Arts Council. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Ms. Mgoma. Talk to us about what ultimately ended up happening with that sit-in that lasted over a period of 50 days. Uh, good afternoon, Katie, and uh, uh, hello to your listeners. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, you know, with the sit-in, the reason we left the building is because the public protector got involved. So it became an official investigation into my administration on the part of the NAC. So now what is happening is that the hearings have started. Today we had a meeting with the public protector's office and um, basically the investigation continues and the, the, the interviews with the NAC continue because now they don't have a choice but to essentially engage this very same artist that they try to uh, silence through a court order. Yeah. Over 300 million rand not accounted for uh, is the reason why you ended up sitting in. And this is from uh, the early period of the lockdown, which is now over a year ago. Talk to us about if at all any funding has been given to any of the artists that sat in with you. How many in total were you when you sat in? Well, over the 60 days, we saw... I would say about 500 artists coming and going out of the NAC. Mm-hmm. And sleeping over, on average, a night would be about 30 people. Mm. So out of those people, it was only the people who had received their uh, approvals before we did the sit-in who actually got their money. Anybody who was in that sit-in did not see their money after that, especially those that refused to sign the reduced budget uh, contracts. So there has been victimization there, and the rest of us who are still under review essentially received declination letters thereafter. Yeah. What is the reduced budget, uh, uh, budget contract and what did they say when they gave you uh, letters where they were uh, re- rejecting giving you funding? So basically the reduced budget uh, thing was the contract. contract was the, it was the revised contract of the initial contract that was signed, mm. which was uh, basically a breach of the initial contract. Because now they say they said they have changed the rules of engagement because they discovered that uh, some of the people that were supposed to be beneficiaries were not announced. So they changed the rules for everyone, including those that had already signed their contract. Mm. So when they changed that, basically what they did is that they they then reduced the contracts of the people who had signed, and then uh, they basically said take it or leave it. Uh, you can take us to court, we are ready for you. And what they didn't uh, count on was that the NAF would actually take them to court and win their court case, which now has set a precedent for everybody else to take them to court for breach of contract. Mm. And why then, uh, uh, Yvette, is this report important, especially in light of what we also just heard from Ms. Mgoma? 
Well, you know, I think that it's important that that artists uh, follow as many different routes as possible to to getting to the truth. You know, this is an this is an unprecedented and um, uh, incredibly difficult situation, which we have to make sure never happens again. And uh, we we need the funding landscape of um, South Africa to change for the arts. Uh, the arts are in a crisis at the moment because of COVID. In the you know in a sense, we we are really the most vulnerable uh, we've ever been as a sector. And so it is absolutely crucial that we get to the bottom of this, so that this can never be repeated. Um, we are very grateful that the public protector is investigating as well, but I think that you know it's also important for artists to make sure that they um, are engaged with what is happening around them and that they um, are, you know that, that they they share their knowledge in order to find the truth. Mm-hmm. And you know where, according to you, Yvette, did and 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 how did it all go wrong? Well, I, mean, I think that there are a number of, of elements to that. I think one of the things that we have uh, realized in, in looking at the timeframes is that the timeframes were incredibly pushed. Mm. There was a very short time frame for an enormous amount of funding to be distributed, you know, a much larger amount of funding than the NAC has ever had to deal with before, and they were patently unprepared for that. Mm. Um, a second factor which was very problematic was the fact that the council was changed midstream through the project. Mm-hmm. So um, the old council, which uh, you know had been part of the, the setting up of the project, um, stepped down at the end of December and a new council came in. And that new council was obviously at sea and they, had, they inherited this um, very difficult situation. But their response to it was certainly not satisfactory at all. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there were a number of issues there. And then another whole area of issue is the fact that um, members of the council, and this is not just in this particular uh, funding uh, debacle, it, is, it in fact goes way back. Yeah. It appears that members of the council have been benefiting uh, from NAC funding, despite the fact that the act, Uh, says that they may not be eligible for grants. Mm. And they've found various excuses for this in the past, that, you know, it's it's not them, it's their organizations, et cetera, uh, or that they, you know, in this particular instance, the current council was saying, well, they hadn't, they weren't, uh, they hadn't, they weren't council members when they'd applied for the funding. Mm. Uh, They only became council members thereafter. But there are many questions about that process uh, because essentially, you know, the, the, the current council took the decision to increase the scope of the number of um, grants that would in fact get paid. And what we don't know is whether their own grants were included in, in, those, uh, in those grants. Um, so if that is the case, then in fact it was completely illegal. Yeah. So there are a number of illegalities that have been identified. Of course, there's also the issue of um, you know, who was applying and whether these uh, applications were coming from legitimate members of the arts and culture community. And in some cases, it appears that this was not the case. Yeah. And this is certainly an area that also needs more investigation. Yeah. And then, frankly, also the way the council dealt with um, the sit-in was just so obviously disrespectful to artists mm-hmm. and so non-transparent that, you know, we, we really had to highlight their insensitivity and their arrogance um, in the report and um, and document exactly what what happened. Yeah. Um, I think also what is very important to note is that the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture and the Minister in particular needs to take responsibility for this mess. Yeah. 
because they had a number of opportunities to intervene and they simply did not do so in um, inappropriate ways. Um, and so, you know, uh, we, we really do hold the minister responsible ultimately. Yeah. Speaking, Spongile, of an intervention, there was a time when uh, the Minister of Arts and Culture came on, uh, I think on the socials, we saw him one Saturday morning where he was saying he's taking the action of suspending the CEO of the National Arts Council. According to you, as the artist who sat in that sit-in, who should take responsibility for this entire crisis? Well, the person who needs to take full responsibility is the minister, and then, of course, the management of the NAC, the, 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 the DGs and the DDGs, those are the people. And the housing provincial uh, government should also be taking full responsibility. Where were they when this was happening in their province? They didn't even show up, not once. Yeah. It was only Shane Maja who was there. Where was the MEC? What happened to the Premier? Why was the President not saying anything? The stimulus package is called the Presidential Stimulus Package. Uh, where was the President in whose name this money was taken out of Treasury? Yeah. So there's a, quite a few people that need to take uh, responsibility. It should be accountable. At the moment, we are talking about the council of the NAC. We're talking about opportunistic people who came in and saw a gap and they took it. But there's a hell of a lot more people who need to be responsible at this stage, and they should be fired. Are you absolving the board of the National Arts Council of responsibility? Far from it. They actually came in and made a mess even worse. Yeah. Because they should have refused to actually take over from the previous council because that process had not been finished, as Yvette rightly pointed out. Instead, they came in and they wanted to be heroes, trying to save a situation that cannot be saved because it just needed to be completed. That's all that needed to happen. But they came in, they created an even worse mess. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, we, we, we talk very holistically about things that people who perhaps may uh, not understand who are not in the arts industry. But when you get down to the bottom of it, what has been the impact uh, at the bottom of uh, artists? Have people lost cars? Have people lost, uh, 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 you know, houses? Have people because if you are not working, you are <laughs> not able to live in the way that average people live. What what has been the impact at the bottom to artists across South Africa? The devastation has been, it's immeasurable, KG. I can't even begin to tell you. People have lost their businesses. You know, it's one thing to lose a car and think maybe I'll buy another one. When you lose even the, the, the actual means of making a living, people have sold their instruments because they got to a point where they can't even buy bread. Mm. So between a, a, a bread and keeping your uh, sound system, what do you do? Between, you know, do you sell the piano or do you then buy bread. Mm. So people have sold their instruments. People have lost their homes. People have taken their children out of schools. Mm. Uh, people, I know a few people right now, even with this latest lockdown and the mess that is even the M- MGE that have now lost their homes are now living on the street. Wow, wow. We have uh, a voice note. Let's hear what they have to say. 
Uh, good afternoon, Mrs. KG. That is why I feel like Obabunatimtetwa, uh, he failed the artist of this country, the Minister of Arts and Culture. He should not be allowed even to speak at the funeral, funerals of this artist because he failed the artist of this uh, of this country. Because it's the, I think it is it is reputed only 10% of the COVID-19 uh, relief fund. So he failed this much. Thank you from Andile in Willowville. Bye. Thank you, Andile. So, I mean, they, they say that, uh, Yvette, the problem came around application time. Who are the people that applied? Who are the people that ended up with this 300 million and pl- plus 300 million? Well, I mean, the, the number of applications was obviously, uh, you know, qu- quite substantial and it came from all sectors of society. And of course, there were legitimate organizations who applied and who uh, either received funding or, or uh, were denied funding. But, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is uh, it's not a sort of blanket situation where everybody's illegitimate and no money has gone, uh, you know, to a fit purpose. Um, but having said that, I think that the the mechanisms that were used for getting those applications, the amount of time that was given to uh, people to to make the applications, and the um, the use of the online um, grant management system, which for many artists was incredibly difficult to to use, um, you know, meant that there were a number of hurdles for people who were trying to apply. Mm. Um, and within that group, as I said uh, earlier, there were also some opportun- opportunistic uh, organizations and individuals who it seems were not really within. Oh, no, the line has let us down. Uh-huh. And, you know, and uh, who, who applied for funding and who were in fact granted funding. Okay. So one has to ask, you know, what kind of oversight was being done? What kind of investigation into these companies was being done? Why was their track record not being looked at? Uh, and why was this money granted to them over and above uh, really legitimate artists who uh, who were very, very needy? Yeah. So it feels like the grant was really poorly managed from the outset and that uh, artists were really set up to fail, even in the application process itself. I'm going to have to pause the interview for now to go to news headlines and then we'll come back and round off and also hear uh, some of the thoughts of the people that are listening. Uh, we are in conversation about, uh, you know, the um, the National Arts Council's mismanagement of the Presidential Economic Stimulus Program, uh, the PSP funding with uh, Yvette Hardy and Smongile Goma. It's 1.30 news headlines with Luanda Mawome. Hashtag SAFM Life Happens. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SFM. I'd like to I'd like to go on record also about my disgust with this Department of Arts and Culture. I'm a producer of more than 40 years, award-winning, multi-award-winning. I've never received one single cent and I've applied on everything I should have applied. And of course, um, as we round off our discussion, ladies, here we are. Uh, Steve Gagana has passed away. May his soul rest in peace. But uh, the deaths of artists are an interesting time because that's where you see politicians take over the funerals uh, to talk about programs that they're doing and uh, to talk about perhaps supporting those artists. And I'm assuming that uh, this will be no different. What should we be thinking? 
thinking about where the arts is concerned, COVID or no COVID time going forward in South Africa? And let's start with you, Smongile. Um, I would say what we should be talking about is a is a rescue plan. Um, during this lockdown, we I don't believe that anybody should be fighting for let's go back to the theater mm. or live venues. We should be talking about how are we empowering our artists to come out of this winners at the end of the day? Mm. How are we ensuring that when we come out of this, beautiful productions will go on our stages? You know, I look at what is happening overseas right now. The Lion King opened uh, this past week. It, it, that speaks to people who have been preparing for when the lockdown is over, as opposed to how are we sorting it out now. And in so doing, you still create work, but you still work within the confines of the regulations of the lockdown. So the important thing is that what is the plan going forward? How are we ensuring that when we come out of this, people will have work because they are now preparing for the next step during the lockdown. But also that makes me think of whether or not uh, you are, as artists, trying to lobby government to make sure uh, that uh, we get vaccinated so that at least uh, we can have some sort of herd immunity for people to go back and be able to attend uh, uh, the, the concerts that you put out as artists. Wouldn't you say, Yvette? Well, absolutely. I mean, obviously, vaccination is going to be a huge part of the recovery process. But I completely agree with what Simongil has already said, is that we have to have a a stronger recovery plan for the arts. And it needs to be twofold. On the one hand, there needs to be the focus on on future thinking and how do we build, uh, you know, the industry moving forward, as Simongil has outlined. And I think the other one is that we need to be cognizant of the fact that this is an industry which is unregulated, and where there are a number of people who are falling through the cracks. And we need a a relief program that truly gets the relief to the people who need it on the ground. The way the PESP was set up as a kind of a job retention fund, you know, as as, as being a large part of it, um, was really problematic because there are, in fact, so few jobs, which are permanent jobs, within the arts industry. Most artists are working in this kind of freelance, very free kind of uh, flowing environment where um, they, they fall between the gaps and, and we need to find ways to reach them. So I think that, you know, that's, that's also a very, very important um, part of the, the, the move forward and, and recovery. Uh, some people have sent voice notes uh, to tell us what their thoughts are on uh, the challenges you face as artists. Let's hear them before we say goodbye. Good afternoon. Uh, I think artists, they need to form an organization where they can contribute their money or put savings there so that during times whereby they can't get money or income, that organization can be able to assist them because I believe they make a lot of money when they get a chance. So let, let, let us be wise and use that money there. Put it there and then we know it can assist the artists during this time because really if you look at the artists that earn so much money and one year later a person cries about money it's a question. actually artists Good don't afternoon, make kg um i think that the problem with the artist started when they decided to be pro-government and now the very same government that they were pro is 
turning around and abusing them and stealing from them and making sure that their industry is dead and they cannot do anything about it. Back in the days, artists would be um, would stand up and use their art to speak about the injustices that is happening caused by the government. So until that changes, we're still going to see artists dependent on government for a livelihood for their lives. It's Dumi in Kempton Park. Yeah, I think one day, uh, ladies, we must have a conversation so we dispel uh, the notion that uh, exists that artists apparently make a lot of money. Some do, uh, but the majority of them, and I know a lot of artists, the majority of them don't make as much money as people perceive. Uh, But look, thank you, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll continue this conversation uh, because a different outcome has happened and the things that you ask for have happened. But thank you for making the time to talk to me. Bongilem Goma, opera singer and jazz singer, uh, who's part of a group of artists. In fact, she led uh, the group of artists that staged uh, uh, a sit-in through her organization, I Am For The Arts, at the offices of the National Arts Council. Thank you, Sbongile. And uh, thank, thank you to you, Yvette Hardy. And uh, they penned a report into the National Arts Council's mismanagement of the Presidential Economic Sti- Stimulus Program, PSP funding. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. It's one thing. Thank you. It's one thirty-eight. We will come back and talk uh, the things that trended in the week that now is almost was.